some holy bread. Grab your coffee and your Bible. November the 3rd, the year of our Lord, 2022, and this is Daybreak Live. Split the notes. Sing with us, girl. <laughs> and ended that her from from somewhere back there. Somewhere yeah. else. Josh. They, they asked about Josh. We don't know. We don't know if he got the 12-hour bug or if he overslept. He never came up the hill this morning. So. so. Uh, sure we will find out before too long. So yesterday, Michael wasn't here. Because he had some kind of little bug yesterday morning, remember? And then, uh, so he didn't go to work yesterday, and I went to work. But by the end of the day yesterday, I had the bug. And then last night, I did not go to church last night. They had to go sing without me. That felt so weird to know they were singing somewhere without me. So weird to us to know we were It was crazy. 
it was crazy, but I woke up this morning feeling good. So evidently there's a bug going on. It's like a 12-hour bug. I hope you don't get it. I hate it. Oh. Oh. <laughs> it could have been that mocha Dunkin Donut mocha drink I was drinking but let me tell you one thing I'd probably turn me off of those regardless if it was a bug or that because once it comes back up the other way oh it's like I don't ever want to see one of those again in my life broadcasted live oh yeah sorry Good morning. Good morning. So, yes, thank you for being here. More dandelion juice. Thank you, Bob. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I eat the dandelion. Yeah. All right. But, all right. Uh, let's dive in. Let's see. Was I needing to say anything this morning? Okay. I do want to say, you know, Church Without Walls, day, Daybreak, I haven't said this in a long time, but Church Without Walls is what... I pastors, Church Without Walls. This is a ministry of Church Without Walls. And the very name Church Without Walls is supposed to go, what in the world does that mean? And it speaks of a reforming, you know, like during the Reformation, the church is always reforming. It's kind of another Reformation, but it's it's really, it's spiritual and it's physical. It's about getting out to find God's lost sheep and uh, I have a book called The Great Preset, and go on Amazon and find it. You can go to cytn.com and click on the link. It'll take you there, and you can get it. It's five or six bucks on Amazon. I don't make any money off any of the books, by the way. Any money that's made goes right into Church Without Walls, and it goes out to minister to people. But uh, that'll explain to you what Church Without Walls is all about. If you would like to keep up with Church Without Walls, as of recently, Church Without Walls became two campuses now. So we have a campus in Gordonsville, and through the winter, through the winter, 22 and beginning of 23, we will be, of course, at the Upper Room on Saturdays, and then at Providence and Artsville on Sunday. So the addresses are on the website, and there is the number to text subscribe to if you would like to receive text uh, when we're doing things or when there's special services or what's going on concerning Church Without Walls, text subscribe to that. And then I think all you have to do is, is uh, text stop if you want to be done with them. So, again, thank you for being here. Let's jump right in now from all those introductions. Let's jump into the scripture. Yesterday, we got to verse 4, as we're talking about the beast, and we have translated the beast now to the Antichrist, and there are many Antichrists, but this is the final one. This There is Antichrist, plural, that have always been, and then there is who we would call the Antichrist at the end time. The last line B of verse 4 says who is like the beast who is able to make war with him and we learn from this question that this beast not only is a man but he has a kingdom and this kingdom is a war machine how do we know that because 
what people are saying is who can make war with this beast? Who can stand up against him? I mean, who needs to try to do anything, right? Uh, but when you study out the final kingdom, you do find that he is battling wars for the entirety of his time. And then, of course, there at the end, the Lord himself returns and destroys him. We will read some about this. Today, we're starting with verse 5, and it says this, And he was given a mouth speaking great things and blasphemies, and he was given authority to continue for 42 months. Then he opened his mouth in blasphemy against God to blaspheme his name, his tabernacle, those who dwell in heaven, it was granted to him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. And authority was given him over every tribe, tongue, and nation. All who dwell on the earth will worship him whose names have not been written in the book of life of the Lamb slain from the foundation of the world. If anyone has an ear, let him hear. He who leads into captivity shall go into captivity. He who kills with the sword must be killed with the sword. Here is the patience and the faith of the saints. So we'll begin with the last first. Here is the patience and the faith of the saints. What is he talking about? Now this should draw your attention immediately to one of the apostles. His name is Simon Peter. When they came to arrest, uh, seize Jesus, when they laid hands on him, remember Peter pulls out his sword and he slings it. He make and he cuts off a, a guard's ear. And then Jesus says, stop, put the sword up. He who lives by the sword shall die by the sword. And then, so this, of course, throws Peter into confusion. Now, Jesus heals the man's ear. He picks up the ear that had been cut off and sticks it back on the man's head. That's amazing. That is amazing. But here's the point. Jesus would say to Peter, this is time. This is the time for this to happen. This is the time for this to happen. So, of course, all the apostles get confused, and they all then flee. They run away. Well, the same kind of thought is here. During this period of time, the beast is given authority. It says that he makes war with the saints. He's given power. Or it's granted to him to make war with the saints and to overcome them. Who do you think grants him this ability? Well, it's the Lord. It's the king of the universe who grants him this ability. Now, the word is saints. And according to your theological system that you ascribe to will be who you put into this. Uh, but we do know, if you remember, back in chapter 17 and verse, I mean, back in chapter 12, verse 17, it says, the dragon was enraged with the woman. He went to make war with the rest of her offspring we read this, rest of our offspring who keep the commandments of God and have the testimony of Jesus Christ. So now we can take that 
and put it into saints. Now, if your if your uh, theology brings you your your belief as a pre-trib rapture of the church, then these would be called tribulation saints in that theology. Or, but if you for anybody else, it's just saints, those who keep the testimonies of God, uh, have the testimony of the Lord Jesus Christ, and keep the commandments of God. But the point is, is during this time, so there's a lot of question on fighting back. When is it okay for Christians to fight back? Uh, that is a big question that has to be studied out. And I have thought about it much, especially when you live in a land like America to where our the king of our land, the king of our nation is a constitution. It's a document, not a person. And that document gives us the right for self-defense, gives us the right, uh, many rights. Uh, regardless of what you think about that uh, or about our nation, and I think there's wonderful studies that can be done there, during this time, during this season, at the very end, the word is, whoever leads into captivity will go into captivity. Whoever kills with the sword, you're going to pull out the sword. You're going to die by the sword. Okay? Uh, here is the patience and the faith of the saints. And then for many of the saints, this will be the time when they will just lay down their life. They will not fight back. Again, whoever you place into that category, this is just a time period. It is to say that this is the final testing it's, it's almost as if this is the final testing of earth. So, so all the nations of the earth, you know, there's Christians everywhere. There's Christians. There's followers of Jesus. There's followers of the Messiah all over this world. In every nation, you know, you think of the nation. I just got a, I just received a, an email from uh, GHM, uh, talking about what's going on in Afghanistan and Iran and, you know, what's happening. So there are people who believe in the Lord all over the world. But a whole lot of the world says, God, we don't want you. We don't want you in our schools. We don't want you in our, in our nations. We don't want you in our laws. We don't want you in our life. We don't want you in our culture. And we want to push God out. And so at the end of time, it's as if God says, okay, I'm going to give you what you want. And there is a time to where a great deception comes. And it says, all will worship him whose names are not written in the book of life. Let's go back now to verse 5. And I want you to turn and read another section of the scripture. I think you should read this section of scripture. It's in 2 Thessalonians. 2 Thessalonians. And I just want to read this. Um, because this is going to go so much with Revelation chapter 13 and what we'll get into tomorrow even as we read about the false prophet. But in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2, 1 Thessalonians, he wrote a letter to the saints in Thessalonica and he told the disciples many things. And one of the things he told them in chapter 4 of 1 Thessalonians was that the sounding of a trumpet, there was going to be a resurrection of the dead. 
then at that moment, whoever is alive upon the face of the earth at that time is going to be caught up to meet the Lord Jesus Christ in the air. This is where we get the word rapture from. It comes from the Latin rapido. And we that's where we're caught up to meet him. So there's a resurrection. Graves come open. We don't go up before the graves come open. The graves come open. People come back to life. Then people, believers who are alive and remain at, at, at that moment, go up to meet the Lord in the air. Now, this is the second letter to the saints at Thessalonica. And he's clearing up some things. But dear, in, here in chapter 2, we learn some things about what we're studying about in Revelation 13. Here, uh, let's read, starting with verse 1. I'm just going to read, and you guys listen. Um, and some of you can read along, of course. But 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Now, brethren, concerning the coming of our Lord, Jesus Christ, and our gathering together unto him. He's talking about the resurrection of the dead and the those who are alive changed in the twinkling of an eye. We ask you not to be soon shaken in mind or troubled, either by spirit or by word or by letter, as from us, as though the day of Christ had come. Let no one deceive you by any means. For that day will not come unless the falling away comes first. Notice it's called the falling away comes first. It's a, it's a big, big deal. What's associated with the falling away? And the man of sin is revealed. He comes out of the shadows and everybody knows who he is now. He's revealed to the earth. What does he do? He's revealed the son of perdition, and that tells you what side of this war he's on. That tells you where he belongs. He's going into the everlasting fires where he is going. Verse 4, who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped, so that he sits as God in the temple of God showing himself that he is God. So this is what's going to happen at this midpoint. He's going to place what we call the abomination of desolation. He's going to put into place a system. The system is going to begin with him laying siege against Jerusalem, taking over the temple, which in my way of thinking is a rebuilt temple at that time, moves into the temple, now, this is one of the reasons I say, now all these puzzle pieces will start fitting together if you, if you just think about it. The beast cannot come to power except there be a world religious system that enables him to come to power. That's why the whore rides on the back of the beast. There's got to be this, this system because the, the three biggest religions in the world is, is Christianity, uh, Islam, right, and Judaism, you're going to see some kind of a combination, some kind of coming together of all of this in the end times. 
added with other things, it's going to be a coexist kind of thing. This is going to enable. So when this happens, this is this is my belief. This is how I believe it'll go down. When this world system comes on the scene, somebody will make a deal with Israel and they'll say, okay, you must be able to now rebuild your temple because we're not going to hinder anybody from worshiping. Mm. And so Jerusalem, the Jews, rebuild their temple, which they're just on the edge ready to do. So once the temple is rebuilt and they resume sacrifices, then in the middle of this covenant, remember, he makes a covenant. He confirms, excuse me, he confirms the covenant for one week, seven years. In the middle, he places the abomination. Now, to get all of this, you have to read Daniel quite a bit. Uh, I would encourage you today, if this is interesting to you, to read chapter 11 and 12 of Daniel going along with what we're reading today. What you'll find as you read there, that he is fighting wars. People are fighting wars. So when it says all, it means from all nations, people are going to worship and serve the beast from all nations. But there are also people in nations that don't fall down and worship. The millennial kingdom has to have someone to move into it as well. And Zechariah 14 says, all that is left of the nations that didn't come against Jerusalem in battle. Anyway, what we read in verse 5 is the blasphemies of the beast. He's speaking blasphemies. To me, it's talking about when he comes into the temple and he declares himself to be God. Now notice that it says in verse 4 of 2 Thessalonians, he opposes and exalts himself above all that he's called God or that is worshipped. So he needs this religion. He needs this harlot system of one world religion to enable him to come to power. He can't come to power without it because people are religious. Even the atheists are religious. They're just atheists. They religiously believe there's no God. However, they, this enables him to come to power, but, but he's going to place the abomination that makes desolation and he is going to declare him to declare himself to be God. He's going to think to change times and laws, Daniel 7. He's going to lift himself up above the most high. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Daniel chapter 11. Let's move on. Do you not remember that when I was still with you, I told you these things? And now you know what is restraining that he may be revealed in his own time. What's restraining him is that it's not time for him to come. Remember, it was given to he was given authority. It was given to him to make war with the saints and overcome them. Cannot do that until he is given the time. When his time comes, then the restraining will be taken away and he'll be allowed to come to power. For the mystery of lawlessness is already at work. The spirit that brings him to power was already at work in Paul's day. Only he who now restrains will do so until he's taken out of the way. Then the lawless one will be revealed, whom the Lord will consume with the brightness of his mouth and destroy with the, uh, with, excuse me, consume with the breath of his mouth and destroy with the brightness of his coming. The coming of the lawless one is in according to the working of Satan. The dragon gives him his power. 
with all power, signs, and lying wonders. The false prophet comes on the scene. Now look at this. With all unrighteous deception among those who perish. Why? Because they did not receive the love of the truth that they might be saved. Now listen close. For this reason and for this reason. What is the reason that God's allowed that God allows this to happen? For this reason, God, God will send them strong delusion. God allows this to happen at this end time. Why? It gives a testimony to the faithfulness of the saints that we are like Jesus, that we love not our lives unto death, and it gives a testimony to the wickedness of the heart of mankind. And it says, for this reason, God will send them strong delusion that they should believe a lie that they all may be condemned who did not believe the truth but had pleasure in unrighteousness. God says, okay, that's what you want. I'm going to seal it with you. And you're going to be given over. Romans chapter 1, there is a judgment that comes when people are given over. That's the first judgment. They don't want God. God says, okay, you don't want me. I'm giving you over to what is called a reprobate mind. In the end time, all the world will choose God or not. Remember, during this time, while he has power, and I'll get right off here. Remember, during this, power, during this time, there are the witnesses of the saints who love not their lives unto death. There's the witnesses of the 144,000. There's the witness of the two witnesses in Jerusalem that also can call down fire from heaven. All of this is happening. So people are believing. Some people are coming to faith. Some people are turning. Some people are sealed in their ungodly hatred of God. And then this beast starts speaking blasphemies. Now, I think we've read about the blasphemies. He exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worship. Now, fast forward, that is when God puts it in his heart to hate the whore and to destroy her with fire because he is, he is claiming worship now. The false prophet's got a lot to do with that. All right. Well, praise the Lord. I hope this has been good for you. Yes. Tomorrow. Yeah, I don't do it. We can't. Okay, I figured we would try. Okay. You think no? I don't know, but I think you ought to put a heads up out there just in case we Okay, we, we have to leave town tonight. We, we Lisa and I are leaving town tonight. I have a wedding tomorrow in Dixon, Tennessee. It's about a two-hour drive. We'll be staying in a hotel tonight uh, for the wedding tomorrow. And so if there's Internet there, you know, we'll try to have daybreak tomorrow and get into talking about the false prophet. If there's not, then I'll see you next week. All right, let's say the Lord's Prayer and we'll go on. Our Father who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory.
amen and amen. Love you guys. Thanks for being here. Thanks for hanging in there all the way to the end, too. All right. We'll see you. Oh, yeah, Sunday. Hayride, 5 p.m. right here on the hill. Come out and be with us. Bring food. Bring food. <laughs> Bring food.